a world where the ostensible point of non-governmental organizations is to eventually do themselves out of a job, one bear and one lady are ripping apart this fiction and your art. It's Knackers and the Vag. Ladies, comrades, libshits, welcome to Knackers and the Vag. I am the Vag, aka Helen Razor, and I'm accompanied by a factory-made bear, initially the only co-host for this wine. Patreon.com forward slash Helen Razor. Razor with an E, if you must. I don't offer you much for your kind buck. The sacrifice of your wages basically bought you a nervous breakdown of mine for the last year or so. But in happy news, just to hand, an actual real guest. And when I say Nazim Hussein needs no introduction, it's not just because I'm too lazy to write one and, you know, Nobody listens to this podcast, so what's the point? I'm here listening. Yeah, what I mean is that he's on Netflix, even the American one. <laughs> and, and you, you know, and he may also be known to you as the charming star, and um, I think you second place getter in "I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here." Well, I was in the grand final. Uh, a cozy. Up I was to in the microphone. grand final, yeah. which, uh, and I was there till the second last day, and beaten by racism, of course. Um, I'm going to say the Collingwood Football Club. Right, Eddie well, McGuire sent out a text message to 80,000 members telling people to vote for Dane Swan. And oh, I really? was 80 or something like 80 votes behind him. And then that text went out and I, no, in, ahead of him. And yeah. then and then he, he he knocked me out. Did you I get came, paid I came much? Fourth. Did you yeah, get paid much paid being heaps. on the show? Yeah. Well, yeah. to be honest, this, that's the main reason I did it. Well, of course fucking no, is. And also, okay, so they asked me in the first season and then in the second season. God, sometimes you've got to be a whore. But then, no, I mean, not really sometimes, <laughs> often. <laughs> anyway, but then um, I remember, so I did it because everybody came out uh, being portrayed very positively, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, my man, so I got to take a luxury item in. My luxury item was um, a hammock and the hammock bag had all these lovely messages from my family. So I miss you, blah, blah, blah. And my manager wrote, just think of the ticket sales, which is a key motivation for me being in there, just to Absolutely. broaden an audience. Absolutely. Stand up. Um, when I say whore, I say that without any judgment, and this is not to disparage sex work, which mm. is a far more honest uh, profession than, than, than entertainment. Comedy. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, probably, I think so. Oh, gosh, yeah. Is it, is it, more, it is more honest, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, Damn. But about the same working conditions. Uh, yeah, uh, well. Nazim Hussein um, is a comic, as you can tell by the hilarious bombos that um, he's already offered. Uh, the first time I saw you was 2007 oh, and you were very serious. Uh, you, you were obviously taking the career very seriously because I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that you knew that there was um, a reviewer from the, uh, the Melbourne Daily oh, newspaper there of comedy. The age. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that you knew it was me well, being the only white person I didn't there. at the start. <laughs> I know. So I was at um, the Lithuanian Club in North Melbourne. Yeah. Amir, Amir Rahman, myself – and Muhammad Alasi, who is well, he, he didn't continue as part of the trio, um, all very amicably, we split. Shut but, up. But anyway, <laughs> so it was like the the last. This, week, this was a um, the, the, this was a group called um, Fear of Fear the Brown, of Brown Planet, Planet, using um, in a very uh, amusing but respectful way a lot of the imagery of public, public enemy. enemy. I fucking love. Oh yeah, same. I mean, is it Chuck D is a god, and so's Flav. Flav, 
I mean, they all the S one double the way that they put on a show to this day. I think you know, it's artists don't put as, as much effort into the way they perform live as much as those guys. Uh, I mean, thought. they put a lot more effort in, but in a different way. The mm. persona adopted mm. by Public Enemy, like because years ago I used to be on on radio, mm. and the first week I was there it was. Um, Public Enemies, the eve of Public Enemies' first tour Ooh, in in the first, US, really? Yeah, uh, in the in Australia, and I was there, and they just they had their um their stretch mm. um hum hum v kind of thing, <laughs> yeah. and the and the the first world security guards oh, came out with guys, their SMW. with their feet. Tommy gu- uh, guns <laughs> and, with all and these the synchronized little, dancing with all these little kids from Redfern that they've picked up and they were uh, like I'm here and like f- the show starts before the show starts I know I know the show doesn't stop and I feel like you could still ask Flav mm. what time is it and he'd still know maybe yeah, he, he would yeah, maybe but all he uh, when I went to, saw, to see him at or see them at uh, for the first time at the ESPY which is well, it was a bit of a felt like a bogan kind of anyway the, the audience was weird but which album was that? Uh, I don't know if it was an album. They were just doing best off stuff. Right. So it was, it was well after Nation of Millions. Yeah, and, yeah, it was, yeah. It was only maybe like well, uh, twelve years ago. But um, did anyway. that just fly up you when you first heard? What was that? PE. When you oh, heard. when I first heard their stuff, I was. It's actually like when I first kind of, kind of started really listening to like African American countercultural stuff. I like my little mind was blown. Yeah. You know whether it was comedy or even like. Even even Eminem, you know, just the just kind of like rebellious stuff, rebellious art, kind of made me go, whoa. There is something about Eminem, and because he was mm. white, he was more saleable. But mm. there is something about the anger inside that that it's just odd how in America every now and then like mm. rage is permissible, not too mm. often. Mm. Um, have you heard uh, Immortal Technique? Yeah. What do oh you my. think? My God! <laughs> so he's not just a he, he. He's not just angry on stage. I heard a story, and um, actually, I think I think he wrote about it in his blog. This is made years ago when someone came up. He goes, "I hate it when people come up to me after a show and they talk too close." And he literally, because someone did that, was like, "Hey, man, I love your stuff." He headbutted him in the face. <laughs> so he's a bit of a nut, but I love his music. His, yeah. his, his politics is, and he, and he, he's, you know, he walks walks talk. He went to Afghanistan, I think, and like built some stuff just. Spent a lot of time there. Wasn't like publicizing. He was just like he's just. A, he seems like a very good yeah. guy. Yeah, and he sent me into a white shame spiral for several days. Um, when I heard so only days. his big song. That's good. Yeah. Oh well, no. Like shame is a good. I think emotion. Shame gets a a, a bad has a bad reputation. <laughs> a bad you know, word. there's all these personal development people who say that you know do away with your shame. Mm. Um, and replace it with pride. But, I mean, there are mm. things – it can be an interesting thing to investigate. Yeah, so, if you're proud, do you ever go – you, you can't really identify the things that you need to get better at or within yourself or – because then you're just like, yeah. yeah, I'm so good. Like if you're feeling uh, revulsion for your lady parts, uh, your uh, racial identity group, that you were resigned by the ruling class <laughs> or something like that. Well, yeah. that kind of shame, yeah. obviously bad. But if yeah. you feel shame about being, say, an Australian or a US citizen, mm. that might be a good thing to investigate and mm. explore. Yeah. Well, I think even even when you're talking about shame about your race or you, you, I don't have female body, but, you know, like at least it, help, it, 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 it motivates you to think about that yeah. and your place in the world, you know, and that's probably kind of how... You know, that's why that, well, we talk about public enemy. That music really probably resonated with me because I think, you know, you grow, especially, you know, if you grow up feeling different, you know, people whether you're queer or you're 
brown or whatever, you know, as, 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 when you're young, you don't like being different. You sort of yeah. want to, you know, everyone just wants to fit in. So you were a grommet and you listened to, uh, you know, by way of Sri Lanka. Yeah. Um, being um, uh, famously raised by the world's most um, competent single mother, <laughs> yes. Mum- Mumtaz. Supremely confident and competent. She's, you uh, wouldn't want to do what, not what she says, though. She's no. Very authoritative <laughs> presence. She's like a general. <laughs> she is, and you, you, you've probably been at a show where she's been. At, she, where she's been. Like she, she comes to several of my shows. Um, you know, so for the Melbourne Comedy Festival, we do like twenty-four in a row, and she will come to maybe fifteen of them. And she'll um she'll laugh before the joke because she knows the joke. Oh, and, and, thanks, mum. And then when a reference, so she'll stand up and bow in a, like in three sixty degrees to the audience, and everyone will just give her a round of applause, standing <laughs> ovations. She just loves it. So, um, so the, the so that we're talking about sort of um yeah. So sorry, go back to the first show that so I met the audience doesn't know what happened here. This is how we this is how our friendship friendship affair. Kind of, kind of started. Is that not- yeah, he yeah, in the early days, um, fear of a bla- uh, brown planet were making a yeah. lot of jokes about white white people. people. What do you mean were? I, we, I still do. <laughs> <laughs> They've moved on now. They were no, exactly. no. <laughs> <laughs> just like stupid jokes. No, they were funny. So, so uh, yeah, I remember I did. So the show was broken up. I went first. Muhammad went second. Then Armour goes on third. And between the three of us, like there would be l- l- two minutes of video that would play montages of the news and stuff like that with Public Enemy music. Anyway, I remember I was backstage. Muhammad had just come off, and um, I think I was making heaps of fun of you in the crowd. And yes. then Armour's like, Nazine, you idiot. That's Helen Razor. She's the reviewer from the Age newspaper. This will be our first review, and you've just insulted her over and over. I was like, "Oh shit!" It was, so, it was super funny. So then Armo did his set, and then, and then Muhammad and I joined him on stage to thank the audience at the end, like we do, and then to try to win you over. Yeah. I had a musically, but that was the only thing I had backstage. I had a music bar. I was like, "Hey, sorry for making fun of you," and I threw a music bar at you because because that's white people food. <laughs> yeah, exactly. and, you you <laughs> weaponized food just <laughs> like. <laughs> Corey Bernardi weaponized halal food, right? That's what you did. But I don't know if your audience knows that you are legally blind. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. No. You didn't tell me that. So it hit me in the head. It hit you in the face. Yeah. So Bringing back childhood memories of netball. <laughs> it was still super funny. Yeah. Well, thank you. But oh, I mean, God. no, 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 no. I mean, but I mean, comedy for the most part. No, but also thank you for that review. But it's so fucking boring, most comedy, right? Like well, a lot um, of it's shit and at least here were some people trying <laughs> to do something new and, you know, trying not just topically but in terms of the structure of it, trying to change the, the, the form. And me and a couple of other people at The Age, which, you know, arguably ap- apart from the newspapers in Edinburgh, mm-hmm. is probably for a brief time one of the newspapers that took comedy review quite seriously. Oh, I remember like, um, yeah, like that was – Felt really important and like as in to be reviewed by the age. And people read reviews back then and people. And it made a difference. And, they, and it made an absolute difference. Like, Not no joke. No, but I mean, I'm sure I can't. I hope I've told you and we've told you, but that actually really was. Well, um, I saw it on about really 85. I saw pull quotes on about 85 posters. But yeah, it was, I, I think I probably still have to take some down from a website because they'll be like 10 years yeah, old. And it was good um, uh, at 13 years old. <laughs> It was good, but what wasn't good was mm. the resistance. A lot of um, other reviewers had to fear of a brown planet in the early days. It was like, mm. well, you and, you and Amir yeah. Rafan put it best to me in a conversation 
when you said that it was like they had this idea that you were queue jumpers, that you got to the head of the queue and you'd accumulated a large audience yeah, because well, you were doing uh, – because you were brown, because you were Muslim. Well, it was definitely like the audience that were coming. Like we basically sold out – Because that always we, sells tickets being brown and Muslim, doesn't <laughs> it? I mean – But I mean everyone that was coming to our show were not Mus- being serviced by – all the other comedians. Yeah, I mean, that was the thing. You, you had know? a huge Muslim huge audience. Muslim audience first. and a huge kind of like also non-Muslim brown audience, like Desi, South Asian, Arab. and It was pretty multicultural. And, the, and and I think white people then started to come because they wanted to see what the fuss was about. And, you know, white people have their ear to the ground. Like, what's, what's what's selling out? And it, we, yes, it is true. We hadn't like done our time on the, in, on the circuit, but we were still doing stand-up and – People were buying tickets to see us. They were laughing. It wasn't like – I think to prove to, to the other comedians that we were as funny as them, we had to be performing on the same stages as them. So actively I used to like get booked on – or try to get myself booked on like in other comedy rooms around Melbourne yeah. just to sort of try to prove to the other comedians that I could make that same audience of comedy club going people laugh because the, and, and I'm friends with a lot of them now and they won't know that I remember that, or, or that I know that they were saying these things about us, but they would just say, oh, these guys, they just get their friends and family to come over and over. <laughs> and, you know, they kept, they were distant. And now we're like, you know, we're, we're all buddies and, you know, they don't know that we know that they said all this stuff about us. Well, perhaps of... they've been uh, reconstructed over time. Mm. But so you're talking about like at what sort of age were you where you were engaged with the uh, American um, culture. Oh, well, kind of like I grew up watching all of that. Like Australian television and comedy, I enjoyed, but I really enjoyed like Eddie. What are those? Eddie Murphy or Bill Cosby? Yeah, um, Bill Cosby was really funny. Yeah, no, I mean, really there's, funny. there's no, no I mean, two ways about it. I know. Yeah. Um, Margaret Cho, uh, you know, Dave Richard Chappelle, Pryor. Chris Rock, Richard Pryor. Like kind of like all the all the greats. Um, yeah, I. I but just also just American comedy and culture. Like, it's obviously, you know, there's more people there. There are more, there's, you know, the, the, the work tends to come out a little. And there's also that tradition in the US mm. of it being really a um, an area where you can reverse, mm. um, you know, what do they call them? Uh, rituals of re- reversal, you know, What's like that? uh, that's what an anthropologist calls them. So like um, there's a day, for example, in Greece where um, all the men do women's work and vice versa. Oh. Um, Halloween, you mm. know, where Christians all the, uh, you know, in the West for the entire year until Halloween comes and then we, you know, openly praise the devil and dress up like <laughs> ghouls. Yeah. Um, and these um, occur in um, many cultures from, mm. you know, small scale to mass scale. Mm. And the function is that, you know, uh, it stabilises mm. the greater society in that you can you can let some, you know, let some steam off once, yeah. once a year. It's and, like a purge. Yeah. And so um, the great American stand-up tradition, mm. and it is absolutely an American art form, mm-hmm. that's where it comes from, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's like an art of protest almost. Yeah, well, it's always – well, I mean, say somebody like Rodney Dangerfield or mm. when he was doing it, it wasn't mm. so much protest but mm. it's sort of like you can say these things in the mm. dark. Yes, How yes. do you feel about um, – I mean, especially where, you know, you might be perceived by uh, sort of white majority audiences in the West as being like right on and a good thing to see and if mm. I go to see Nazim Hussain, you know, <laughs> I'm like down with my brown comrades. <laughs> But how yeah. do you so so? There's that there's that view, and then there's the view like I I, mm. I find it's really weird. It's mm. like in comedy, 
you shouldn't punch down. There's mm-hmm. this thing that comedians say mm-hmm. and to me it sounds a bit fictional. It's sort of like, you know, the first rule of robots mm-hmm. is to do no <laughs> do no harm to humans. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's in science fiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But how do you feel about those um, emerging? I'm not oh, saying. Oh, isn't that, that, that rule or like. Yeah, about people, yeah, especially yeah. comedians. Uh, well, look, I think like just. It's so funny that that even needs to be a rule that's said yeah. because normally when you're hanging out with people, you just don't bully people. Like you're just a nice, you know, like if you're, if you're joking around, like if when you just hang out with your friends, if you're making jokes about people who are ordinarily humiliated or belittled, it just doesn't feel good. Yeah. Like it's not fun. It just doesn't feel funny. So it's almost just like, it's a rule that doesn't need to be said. It's it, jokes like that just tend not to be funny anyway. Yeah. But yeah, I, I you know. Well, they're um, not, I mean, they're not to my taste. I'd rather, yeah. I'd, you know, you always want to see the boss land on his ass yeah, more yeah. than anybody oh, else. Especially Australians. I think like, you know, the whole, you know, we like to make fun of authority, I think naturally. Like, I think, I feel like there's a n- natural, you know, skepticism of people who but are rich. The weird, the weird thing is that a lot of the time um, with a certain kind of, um, Generally speaking, white, um, uh, sort of person mm. who might describe them their you know primary passion as mm. after vegan food as social yeah. justice, yeah, yeah. that they adopt the authority of yes. the state and corporate bureaucracy, which is mm. let's be kind, and that yeah, in its yeah. way becomes a different authority. Yeah, it's you know what weird. I mean? It's weird when they like um, when people who are very progressive. Are also like, I find them a little bit more problematic, like or just cha- more challenging to unpack because, well, I think that's what you know you can do that in comedy. But you know, Armour and I we both used to work in community organisations, you know, that are on paper designed to help address issues of concern to people from culturally and linguistically diverse backgrounds. Yeah. Um, but all Caled. Caled, yes. Well, back then there was no A, it was just C or D, but now they've chucked the A in culturally and anyway yeah how, we used to say non-english speaking backgrounds and now it's culturally it's and culturally linguistically diverse. diverse it finds it i find it the, yeah. the changing definitions quite because yeah. like non-english speaking background while it might not apparently be more respectful mm. actually addresses what the need what might it be. is yeah, yeah 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 like yeah, actually you're right isn't it like it's it's, <laughs> it's well like back yeah. in the day for example unions and other organizations would print things you know, safety instructions, mm. for example, in several different languages. Mm. And now it's like, and I find it really odd. I wonder mm. how it is to be one of these cowled people mm. and be called in yourself diverse. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, I, yeah. find, it, I find it odd. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, you know, it's, they mean well. They mean well. But the, the, so, the, so, so, so having worked with these organisations for a number of years whilst I was studying at uni, like what was n- noticeable was that, well, there'd be posters around the office of like black and brown kids and stuff. But, you know, the pro, so everybody that was in the senior leader supervision, they were all white. And the programs weren't designed to actually genuinely solve the problems because then there's no more, no more grants to help those communities. Oh, my God. I mean, like, look so, at NGOs in this country. Do you, um, are you a fan of Ar- uh, Arundhati Roy at all? I mean, look, I, I she, she because she's a, so popular. Yeah, I think she's, she I mean, from what I've seen, I think she's great. She's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And she wrote this beautiful essay called um, the, uh, I think, the NGOization of resistance. The NGOization of resistance, right. And it happens at the local level mm. too. Like mm. all of these, all of this work that used to either belong to kind of like state-funded mm. liberal institutions, mm. which was, say, back in the day my mum 
had a mother care nurse. All the mums in my suburb had a mother care nurse. Really? And well, is that like a um, maternity? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And if you're having problems with breastfeeding mm. or your child was a shit like me, you could go down mm. and, you know, talk with them and get medical advice. But now mm. that sort of stuff is privatised. Um, or mm. if it's not privatised, it's like winnowed down to like a brochure. Yeah. Where well, like hashtag awareness. <laughs> yeah, it's very, uh, yeah, I think... It, 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 I mean, I don't really understand how it, because I, this is all I know, but uh, I mean, mater, I thought mater, maternal health nurses are. Yeah, but they were just more common right, right, back right, in right. the, you know, yeah. back in the seventies. Cause like I was born in a time unlike you, you yeah. were born into neoliberalism, right? Uh-huh. But I was born on the back end of the Western um, mm. full employment um, right. economic regime, which was like, so I was born into the back end of a of a pretty, you know, probably the smoothest ride that any mm. capitalist economy has ever enjoyed because we did have, you know, welfare and thing and things like that. Mm. And that's what everybody means when it should be like the old days, you know, mm. which it was for about 20 years. But they changed it, dear. They changed it. But <laughs> sort of Sorry, you so get to get back to say mm. to say so you were in yeah. working within these organizations. Yeah. So so I found like these people they were all well-meaning and they all wanted to help, you know, people that were disadvantaged from migrant communities, etc. However, they got in the way of the actual work. So they were saying all the right things. I've been there. So you couldn't fault them on what they were saying, but it's just like, well, what your, your programs are not designed to actually help the problem, but you're, but you're taking the money and you go home with a really big salary and at the end of the day, the program where people just come around and hang up, have a round table with other people who have had horrible experiences doesn't really do anything. Like, do let's do something. It just got yeah. really frustrating. So, you know, I remember there was lots of there were, there were a fair few of us black and brown people and Asian people that would work at these organisations, but we were never seen it. We never had enough info. We were almost like poster. We were the people on the bro- on the brochures. You know, they'd put they'd you're, you're wheel the, us out. You're, you know, you're the evidence of the um, of the diversity of, policy of the, need. <laughs> of the need, right? And you know, we you, and we were the we were the people that they would apparently consult. You know, when you know when they have to tick the box, community consultation. Oh, my God, right? let's talk about how many times Muslim people are apparently, I'm doing the rabbit ears, <laughs> consulted, consulted yeah. about national security yeah. and, and, and whatnot mm. and, and often not. It's not. I mean, some people, well, they're, they're certainly, the government is certainly consulting with, with a few people. From and not the always disclosing that it is the government. No, like there's yeah. a, a number of friends that I've had, mm. um, Shakira, or have, like mm-hmm. Shakira Hussein wrote mm. about her experiences in the Saturday paper of being invited mm. um, to participate in a Muslim community discussion mm. and then finding out it was like funded by Home Affairs. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's, it's I've, I've been to, I think I've been to a bunch of them because I used to work with the Islamic Council of Victoria. Yeah. And they would often meet us and it's just like, oh, maybe this is good that like, Members of you know the government want to come chat to the Muslim community, but it, but it, but it turns out that yeah, like that's to essentially just say we met with Muslims. Yeah, here, your here your, and here. your your function is um to provide evidence of a tick. Yeah, in, in, a, in a, a box, and then say that, and, and so then suddenly we're partners in these laws that like really target us. Uh, you know, and some you know, and somehow we it's it, it's advertised that we kind of helped in the design of them, and you know, and some and look to be fair, not to be fair, to be honest. There are Muslims who are happy to, you know, to rat on the community or just like, yeah, of to, course. To, you know, whatever, do what it takes. 
But, but I mean, we all, you know, mm. got to earn a living. We all want to yeah, keep yeah. our tails safe, right? Yeah. So it's, and you know, like, um, oh, you know, I was, I was, I've, you've probably been to the stand-up show where I was talking about being interviewed by ASIO. Um, and so was, I love this. It was, it was a great ten minutes, ten so, minute so bit so in my set. It was just, it's, it, it is very funny, and this is one of the things, one of the reasons that I wanted to talk to you. Sorry to interrupt, yeah, yeah. but it no, is, no, no. Um, you know, my uh, mode. Oh, um, did you say I can throw here on? Yeah, you can throw the bear at me whenever okay. I talk too much here on because in the ver- where we're talking to esteemed comic <laughs> Nazim Hussain. Yeah. Um, but uh, so one thing that I always liked about one thing that you and Amir Rahman, um, uh, the uh, something that the two of you had in common was well, and then this was later revealed to me <laughs> when I kind of chatted to you personally. Like neither you take comedy very seriously. Like you're both huge comedy nerds. I'm comedy nerds, that's like right. really fucking huge nerds, <laughs> like comedy boys. But you don't um, present as somebody who thinks that comedy is going to change the world. You want to express something, but mm. it's like yeah. you know you don't. And nah, I think I, I, and you both take the piss out of yourselves, mm. and you have very early on. Like mm-hmm. I remember that the first Brown Planet show that I saw. Mm. Um, concluded with Armer just like withering down to his powerlessness. He does yeah. uh, a bit at the end where he says, and you better watch out because we Muslims are everywhere. We're driving your Ubers and we're <laughs> cleaning your shitty yeah. toilets. And it's like, well, okay. you know. And yeah. so there was this acknowledgement of the, um, you know, yeah. asymmetric nature of power mm. and also, you know, how little a comedian could do yeah. with wry observations. Mm. Like, you know. It's fun to send like a you know slam down a tweet to yeah, power, yeah. but it's not. Yeah, at the end that of the day, it's, it, it's you know it's entertainment. And, and, and what is funny is that ASIO took you quite seriously. <laughs> I know, oh my god, this is it, the Australian um, security. Yeah, Australian security intelligence. They, they they called me up when I was when I was working an office job. I was a tax consultant, and uh, <laughs> I know. Shut up. Your mother paid for that degree. <laughs> she was so happy with that. So happy. She used to adjust my time before I'd leave every day. I was living at home. With you her. are actually, a, you were a childhood accountant, right? Uh, uh, well, I was on the way to, uh, so I had studied science and law and I hadn't done my CA, but p- everyone else in the office was doing it. But I was doing comedy, so I was taking up all my time. So I was doing comedy and like basically comedy was almost full time for me in terms of workload. And I was like trying to keep up with the files at work. So it was just a really... Yeah, I was exhausted. But anyway, that was a so I got a call from Asia. Uh, long story short, they wanted to meet me because they um, they they basically said they wanted to speak to me about anything that might be of interest to them uh, with regards to the South Asian communities, Muslim communities, and Arabic speaking communities. So anyway, I met them at the at, at South Bank in Melbourne, and uh, which is a bit of a glitzy place to go. It was, and it was, have it some was called tea. Blue Blue Train. Yeah, um, and I remember when I got back. Actually, um, they kind of made it clear that they were going to pay. So, um, and in the crux of my stand-up, it was just essentially how I, I ordered really big. I ordered lots of, you know, uh, heaps of oysters and uh, a whole fish I had and extra chips. A little upset that you juice. didn't actually drink because you could have got some <laughs> no, nice had, vintages. They had, fresh, they had fresh mango juice, which is normally like six bucks a glass. Yeah. And I had a few of them. So yeah. that's pretty good. You $18. are a Desi person. Yeah, you've got mangoes. the you've got the mango worship <laughs> thing going on. Anyway, so basically the, the conversation was they just wanted to know uh, they were asking me all sorts of questions about 
Um, just about the Muslim community. <laughs> anyway, afterwards I said, don't tell anybody. So I didn't tell anybody. I spoke to a lawyer and asked him if I'm allowed to talk about what I'd spoken about to anybody or even on, st- on stage. And he said, so long as you're not compromising national security. However, <laughs> you don't know if you are. He goes, because what they have discussed with you, just do not know how that fits into what they're looking for. So you can talk about having a meeting, but don't talk about what happened in the meeting. Anyway, I spoke to several friends and turns out like most of my friends had been interviewed by ASIO, including one friend who I told him. And then after about a week later, he got interviewed because he was out taking photos in the city in Sydney. Someone called him up or called up ASIO and said, there's a guy taking photos in the city. He's an Arab dude. Um, and they came to his house and they said, can we come inside and have a chat with you, have coffee? And he said, well, can we go to, can we go to La Porqueta? Because my friend says you guys pay for meals. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so he, I was like, you idiot. Why'd you go there? You should have gone somewhere fast. Anyway, well, my other friend, Rizwan, I've named him. Anyway, he's a nice guy. He got called up by ASIO and he freaked out because they were like, we want to speak to you. He's just a, just a mesquite, like a, a really simple, just a, an, a he's, he's done nothing wrong. He's just the most, like I'm a, more of a child. Like, he just immediately started going, oh, um, you want to know about people that are doing dodgy stuff? Well, I think uh, Muhammad, uh, he <laughs> never tells you where he's on Saturday night. And he just sort of like just dobbing members of the community. That- I'm a, yeah, I'm always <laughs> terrified that I'll just spill. I mean, I know fucking nothing. I do feel sorry for, um, you know, the ASIO uh, operative who's forced to listen to this podcast. Oh, true. And I would That's say. That's an actual listener. Yeah. They should pay the Patreon. They should pay subscribe. What you well, they should, I mean, I think ASIO should give me a few bucks. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, like it was probably a fun date for them. It was. I, well, at least they got some laughs. I, I, it was, uh, I, I think I was more serious than I've ever been and I was really trying to like help them out. They were asking me questions. And you weren't. I wasn't actually helping them out but I was being very thoughtful looking. And, you didn't um, say, how did you fuck up with the Dr. Hanif thing or anything I, like oh, that? Oh, well, actually, they, so they. Oh, so you, they, be, you better not. There was lots of things that, that I just wanted to call, call them out on. And I called them out on one thing. So they were talking to me and they were, they were talk. Obviously, they know that I know that they're from Asia and that they're spies. However, the whole kind of meeting proceeded as if, like, we were just meeting for the first time, that we were just friends. And they were asking me things that, they, that anyone can Google. Like, they were acting surprised that I was also a comedian on the side. They were like, oh, oh my do you do comedy? And I'm like, I said, guys, like you can actually just Google that. Like yeah. uh, you, you're, you're spies, right? Got a Facebook fan page, mate. So, I know. They just took the, 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 the act. But they were also dressed really weird. It was like they were dressed in civilian clothes. Like it didn't look like they were ordin- like they, they normally walk around wearing these. You like, got you to gotta love a spy when a spy tries to Tries to just to fit in, in, you know. Yeah, it was really you know, weird. Um, our mutual mate, Gary Foley. Oh, yeah, yeah. The old photographs he has of um, <laughs> the original uh, moments of resistance that he organised with the Aboriginal uh, tent embassy inter alia and there are these uh, guys, you know, dudes with the, you know, the, 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 um, who are clearly from Asia and they've got the tie loosened ever oh, so yeah, slightly. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just a casual guy. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I'm not from Asia. <laughs> That's funny. I it, mean, is, it is funny. But I mean, Gary's someone that you should, like he, he, uh, influences people. Whereas I'm a comedian and I, well, what they did say. Well, right Gary, the Gary does use humor as a. Gary uses humor. But he. The tools in his yeah, arsenal. Like he would be. So you're saying ASIO, yeah, you should keep no, an no, eye on Gary Foley. Fair enough. <laughs> Gary Foley is someone that you got to keep your eye on. Like he can change people's hearts and minds. Whereas, you know, I'm a comedian and at the end they did 
I said, well, why, are you, why do you want to meet me? And, they, and I go, like, I'm not, I'm not doing anything. I'm not a terrorist. I don't yeah. do anything. And they go, and it's not that we think you're a terrorist, but we do think that you have the propensity to become radicalized. And in doing so, you have the, the propensity to radicalize others around you yeah. because of your charismatic personality. Right. Which I took as a compliment. But sorry, also, sorry, because you're charismatic, you have the power to be radicalized or to radicalize well, others. Well, if, if I hypothetically – because I'm like – I don't know why they – decided that I was someone that might become radical. I didn't really. They've never seen your act. They've never seen your act. But like they reckon that if I became radical, um, I could, I could make other people r- radical too. Yeah. Because uh, I'm I charismatic. I don't know. I, think you take, I mean, I think you take the piss out of yourself too much in stand up to ever, you know, you know. I couldn't bring, I couldn't, I couldn't. That's, that's why I love comedy. Nobody wants to imitate the comedian. No, no one wants to be the comedian. You, you go there to watch and laugh and go, thank God I'm not as messed up as he is. Yeah. And that's, and no joke. You guys are all messed up. And well, I think we're both pretty messed. You Me? Know. You know, oh, yeah. I'm off my diet. I mean, you're much healthier. But that's I'm why I, I, I'm I like hanging, no, I like hanging out with people like, you probably people like me as well where we're just a bit off the wall i think crazy yeah you can't speak like this well i mean this is still i think we're moderating what we would probably this is not how yeah. you and i would necessarily speak <laughs> without an audience of tense yeah, yeah, hey yeah. you yeah uh, you're on neckers in the badge uh <laughs> my guest is nazim hussein mm. uh, two things that arise from your a uh, analysis of the azo meeting and your other experiences of finding yourself in a meeting on behalf of the Muslim community, and you don't yeah. know who's there. Um, there's a thing, and it and it and it reminds me of what you were saying um, about sort of doing community work and mm. you know wanting to kind of like make a difference mm. and all of that. Is that um, so-called CVE? If you haven't heard of CVE, it's um, countering violent, violent extremism. extremism. It's kind of like um, you know a non-weapons-based weaponized thing that people mm. get paid mm. huge amounts of money for, including mm. Muslim people, yeah, because yeah. sometimes it's the only funding you can yeah, get. Yeah, yeah. And it's all this stuff which is not based, I have it on a good authority, having spoken to mm. like hardcore old-fashioned mm. criminologists who mm. talk about uh, the the um, elements of risk for somebody who may become criminalised, mm. that it is it is now, as it always has been, um, in people particularly male people in underserved, growing up in underserviced parts of the community with fuck all else to do mm. and no hope in their lives mm. are always the people that will be the mm. most radicalised yeah. and that there's really no connection mm. at all between mm. Islam and that. No, but, I hey, mean, I feel like it's, I, a, it's a multi-million dollar, if not billion dollar industry now mm. um, that is often funded by the weapons industry. Yeah, and, you know, I, I, I often what they ask, you know, alongside the money. Yeah, so they'll give you the money to do, like, to run maybe a sports program or something. But then you sort of have to partner up with the Australian Federal Police or the Victoria Police and they kind of insist or, like, encourage community policing, which is just this sort of, it just... Yeah, fucking neighbourhood watch, get fucked. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be a snitch. I'm not going to be part <laughs> of your police state. And yeah. I, this is such a huge tendency across mm. the West, right? Mm. Like, mm. I was seeing some guy or another being celebrated on social media because like he chased down a shoplifter in Woolworths or something like this and I just thought yeah like I don't know maybe they couldn't afford yeah, cat yeah. food like who the fuck are you to do this yeah. like why are people why are we chasing snitches? down like people that are stealing food and not like people that don't you know pay tax and stuff you know like I mean tax is a complicated question yeah. too but you know like Gina Reinhardt why isn't someone chasing her down the street 
non-violently. Exactly. But I think that there's this, I mean, and you'd know it too, there is this delusion that if you're, you know, with the ruling power, then you won't get pounced on, which of course you will. What do you mean? Say that again. Oh, I think there's this view that a lot of people have that if we're with the ruling power, if we're acting oh, on behalf yeah, of yeah. the ruling power, then we're, we're magically safe. It's really weird, isn't it? Yeah, but, you know, no, but that's people. I think people. Old. Yeah, I know, but it's, it's a weird part of, uh, like, human psychology that we just sort of, yeah, you're right, we just want to be with a winning team. We want to, we want to be alongside. I don't know team. whether it's part of human psychology or it's just sort of part of, like, Western imperial history, mm. you know, that we think that way. But who knows? Mm. Anywho, I, should I, I ask you? Oh, I've got a question. Go. I heard this on, I can't remember where I heard it. If all the money was uh, distributed equally amongst everybody, the same people that were billionaires before that would become the billionaires again and they would get all the money back. I don't know. It's an odd proposition. Yeah. Because, I mean, uh, all I can say is that the last 40 years um, – in, in, in the West, mm. which still, um, despite be- best efforts to, mm. you know, kill China, mm. um, controls, you know, the global economy, mm. um, that there has been an enormous upwards transfer of wealth. And, and so, like, both from the citizens in those countries and citizens in the global south, you know, mm. your, where your heritage is, yeah. um, those countries that were once colonised mm. um, by empire mm. are again, colonised by another kind of yes. empire, which is debt. Yeah. So it's, yeah, all the money in the world, from what I understand, at no point in human history, hitherto have so few uh, held so much power. Right, right. It's quite beyond feudal. Mm. Um, so, yeah, look, things are fucked, mate. Things are fucked. Here on Knackers in the Vag, but with your clean comedy, <laughs> you're getting oh, back. No, listen, it's, it's cl- I felt bad when you came that night because I was swearing a little bit. But yeah, I didn't do well, that at a trial you know, show just, just to figure the stuff out. And then Shakira was there and I really respect both of you. And then I just remember Yeah, Shakira, uh, Shakira, my mate Shakira, Hussein and I, we went to see uh, a trial show. That Naz was doing leading up to his show at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Yeah, Just like, because we think you're a nice young no, man. No, no, no. But you know, but like we're when you, horrible people. We swear all the time. No, no. But not, you know, okay, I'm not just trying to blow smoke up. Yeah. But you know when there's, know, people, there's people in the room that you respect, and then you, and then you're not in your best, beha- not in your best, but you're not on, you're not, you're not exhibiting good behaviour. And I think, you know, but that's what you got oh, to do. No, and when you were at trials, you just got to obviously that's be your relaxed. Problem. I was definitely relaxed because yeah. I was behaving like that. But then at times, as you. Yeah, no, heard, there was some good, there was some good material. Just, so your show should be ready by April. I yeah. need to well, have actually, some words of, to you. End of Feb. No, no, we've got to have a, we've got to have a chat. We've got to. Yeah, we've got to have in a. Adelaide for a week and yeah. then I've got three weeks and then. Yeah. So. One thing I wanted to speak to yeah. you um, is uh, particularly in the past, but now more than ever, you remember the whole uh, new atheist thing in the West, right? Yeah, yeah. That was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, what's your, what, what's your name? When uh, Christopher Hitchens was still alive and him and uh, what's he? Dawkins. Biology. Oh, the, um, Evolutionary biology oh, yeah, guy, yeah, yeah. Dawkins and Sam yeah. Harris and mm-hmm. the other one that begins with a D. And they were all, you know, <laughs> round about the world mm. uh, making a fair bit of money for these atheism conferences, of course. Yeah, what happened to them now? I think they were cancelled due to lack of interest. But also I think that a lot of the mm. people have those needs fulfilled online maybe. Right. And it just, I mean, initially 
right? There was a lot of young men in particular, I think, mm. who because it sounded intellectual and it gave yeah. them a framework for understanding the world. And then very quickly you saw in particular that, you know, Sam Harris was banging on like a man with a case of late-stage brain syphilis. Yeah. And his his theory doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and he's – sorry, that's that's wrong. You know, it's wrong because is syphilis is a serious illness. Is it really? Well, it can be because often like HIV in Africa, it's often not treated. Oh, is syph- does syphilis become HIV? Oh, no, 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 oh, no, no. Right. But it's like it's uh, comparable in that it's a sexually trans- uh, right, transmitted right. infection, generally speaking, that you're if untreated up, You're punching can have, down, is that what you're saying? Yeah, can have tragic consequences. Right. I was doing a bit of punching down. So, punching you know, down. Tell, Ooh, the, tell, right. tell the Hannah Gadsby comedy police <laughs> on me, you know. Fast forward to 35 minutes in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and punches down. Yeah, Helen. On the entire continent <laughs> of Africa. Um, yes. <laughs> No, I was making a point correcting myself. Yeah, and I mean that sort of stuff is bad persists mm. and I don't know, like, you know, because I'm right on, as you know, like, <laughs> and I'm I'm the single uh, single white subject in all of history to be completely empty of racism and just like so <laughs> right on, right, because like, I'm magical. But, I mean, I was thinking from my own perspective because recently, a couple of times recently I've taken communion mm. because it was the right thing to do because I was raised Catholic mm-hmm. and um, – yeah, it was just the right, it was the correct mm. thing to do for mm. the comfort of, not only for the comfort of others, but mm. to acknowledge the ritual. Mm. And, you know, like I'm not, you know, immediately believing because mm. we have this thing in Catholicism where that is the act of trans- transubstantiation where mm. where a little wafer becomes the body of our mm. Lord. Mm. It's a bit strange. No, I mean, it's lots of, I'm, I'm, I'm Muslim. There's a lot of strange things that But, yeah, I, I mean... There is some yeah. strange shit in religion, yeah, yeah. but I did this to honour the death mm. of um, a, a, an uncle and who happened to be born in – it was born in British India or now mm. Pakistan, um, that's by the by, and um, also uh, the detention of a friend of mine in um, uh, detention in Broadmeadows where I know you've been and visited mm. the boys there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Done yeah. a bit of comedy. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, not bad. Uh, not bad. Uh, not not bad, you know. That's just uh, this internet thing. I'll I'll send you the link later. See, so you, okay. You're behind on culture. Oh, okay. Sorry. No, it's just that's just weird meme. <laughs> this, this is kind of this short video of a guy fishing with his friend, these Lebanese guys, yeah. and um, they caught a fish and they got excited, and then and not bad became this the phrase that everyone has been. I don't know yelling what you at each mean. other. Yeah, but meter is very bad. Yeah, onshore detention yeah, is very very bad. bad. Really bad. And so in both of those contexts, it became appropriate to practice the religion in which I was raised, Mm. comforting not just for other people but for myself. 100%. And I don't, even though I don't have a relationship Mm. with like an essential foundation or a central being, I'm still prepared to intellectually interrogate that. Mm. And I'm still prepared to say, um, look at others and look at that the religious mania mm. that they may have for certain mm. liberal ideas. Mm. You know, like liberal democracy is fair, and if only everybody acts right, it'll be brilliant. It's mm. like no, mm. yeah, that is exactly right. That's a belief in something that is kind of hard to yeah. understand as well. It's like that the institutions that we have are actually perfect, and if only we put good people in them, mm. then they'll be okay. Like mm. that to me is a mania and a belief, mm. and. Th- I've just seen, and it's like the real target, the most concentrated target is 
um, still um, Islamic people. Mm. Do you ever hear this conversation from people in comedy? Because I know that oh, the whole atheism is thing is big in comedy. Well, well it's it's like the religion of comedy, atheism. It's almost like you. It's a good you, quote. <laughs> I should quote myself more often using that. But uh, basically, I think. You can use religion as a punchline now because the audience just assumes that being religious or believing in a god or a man in the sky, as as you know, is very simple. Like it's it's just like that is absurd and irrational and backwards and oppressive. Like being religious means that you hate gay people, or being religious means that you subjugate women, or you know, or you might have slay. Like it's a very but I also think there's a racism in that because I feel like people. Oh, you reckon? <laughs> yeah, I mean, totally. Well, that's sort of you know, like when people, it's, it's, it's such a common thing, and even um, you know, I've seen very progressive comedians. Yeah, look, Tim mentioned. I've tried to speak to this to you to the, about this before. I mean, seriously, mate. Like, you shouldn't have been so fucking impressed by Richard Dawkins. He, he, <laughs> he is a hard scientist and great respect for what he may or may not have done in the hard sciences. Um, actually, I know his book, The Greatest Show on Earth, I read, I read it. Richard Dawkins? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's actually not too bad okay. because it's um, if you want a kind of like a primer on um, the origin of the species by mm. Charles Darwin, mm-hmm. which is very hard to read, okay. he understands that perfectly. He's a good mm. hard science mm. communicator, mm-hmm. not a bad communicator of scientific theory. Mm. But when you just like flip that over mm. to something that is non-scientific and mm. cannot ever be mm. studied by scientists, which is mm. human history. Yes. We just we're not good. Yeah, it's not good, and it's and, it's, it's, and, it's, and it feels like an easy way to target people from like from, from non-white backgrounds because I feel like I think it's almost a, like and working class people and working class people, you know, like saying oh, Islam working is not a race. Working class white people, that is. Yeah, totally, and you know, like you're so stupid, you're so dumb, you're so dumb. You, you know, you're so it's basically you're, you're so poor and dumb and uneducated. Um, that's why you believe in religion, and it's just I oh, just I find yeah. it. It's almost I feel like now it's almost radical in comedy to be um making jokes in support of comedy or critical of atheism like it's getting to that point where that's just how pervade like australia is pretty atheist centric i think now i just feel like well we've always been a secular thing but to actually this nation um the name of this nation on stolen territory Mm. but uh there's a difference between you know Mm. To use an Australian expression mm. of old white blokes is a difference between scratching your ass and tearing it to shreds with a cheese grater. <laughs> I mean, there's one thing to be secular and then mm. there's another to find an identity in that mm. secularism yeah. and say, well, because we have divested ourselves mm. of um, particular beliefs and accepted other ones without question, we're somehow mm. great. And it's just like, I mean, I don't know. I feel it's, It feels like a very progressive way to be racist. So it's like a real, like, it's sort of like those, those well-meaning white people. That it's, it's a way for them to, 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 to be racist towards people from other countries. Like, to, to you know, like. Um, well, so, you, so yeah, you, you easily. Because cause, cause you, can't, cause you can't really divorce the religion from the culture. Like, for me, being Muslim is very much part of my culture. It's it's not just something that I believe in. It's something that is intrinsically part of my cultural upbringing, my yeah. community. It's what we do, you know. So being Sri Lankan Muslim means to be Muslim as much as it means to be Sri Lankan and Australian. Like, so when you when you criticise people's religions, you've still got to understand that that comes with 
it connects the, the the religion is connected to the people that you're talking about, like the, the religion that you're talking about. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm making no, 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 no. You do like, you do make sense absolutely, and just this whole thing. Well, Islam is not race, so I'm yeah. not being racist. Right, right. Well, race is not a thing; it's a fiction it's a that fiction. you invented 300 years ago. <laughs> yeah. And and so and, and that religion is connected to 1.6 billion people who are born with it, who like practice it it's part of their day to day. Like they come they come as groups of people. So when you criticize Islam, you're you know, you're critic. You know, you're like de- you're dehumanizing refugees or or migrant work. Like it's sort of. But you know, I mean, just as Jewish people have finally been able to assert that mm. it can mean a cultural thing to be mm. a Jew. For me, mm. I'm culturally Catholic. Yeah. I mean, that's in me. Yeah. That's and, and there's nothing wrong with like obviously um, criticizing institutions that are oppressive and harmful. But I just think it's sort of I don't. I don't yeah, know but why. it's it's at the expense of so many other institutions getting off the hook. Yeah. And your own um, foundational thinking, like what? Okay, so if we're going to do this, what are the foundations of your thought? And if we're going to do mm. this, can you stop doing that easy bloody? Um, bullshit about you know science and faith somehow being opposite. yeah I mean as a as a Muslim we believe in science and as many many Christians like believe that you know there's no contradiction it's, it's an absolute overlap between science and religion you know I but it's not it's, it's apples such a and, weird it's apples and oranges apples and oranges like you know um, like I understand fucking science yeah yeah I don't know science yeah 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 well I studied science and. Uh, because I'm Muslim, like I actually was really interested in. It. I did a degree, you know, I studied science at university because of what I know about my religion. You know that it talks about stuff like that in the Quran. I was just really interested in that. I never did anything with it, but it was just like it's a deep passion. It's, of mine. It did uh, science for kicks? Yeah. Here well, on, was, it's, to be honest, you, if you go, if you get into law, you, you you get basically a free degree with it on the side. Well, not a free. It's an extra year. You chuck it on. You know. Oh, you know, stop it! You know how it goes. Stop belittling your achievements. You actually finished your degree. I'm a comedian, so does it matter? Yeah, no, <laughs> uh, 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 not not at all. Here on Knackers in the Badge. How long have yeah. we been talking? Because you've got to go know. and see Mum. I've got time. Let's just keep going. Okay, all right. Uh, let's keep going. Now, um, I'm sure you won't mind me disclosing, and if you do, Uh-oh. well, go on. You know, you can just. Deliver. We're having a discussion. Um, I think perhaps I don't know. We were talking about things that we had seen or had not seen mm. on on the television mm-hmm. comedians or the YouTubes comedians that we did like or, or we didn't like. And I think I asked you what you thought of um, Michelle Wolf, who I quite like. She, I like she, her. Yeah, she's good, and, right? And, you know, after you told me you liked her, yeah. I went and rewatched her latest special, um, which she's, is really she's, funny. She's fucking all right. She's and so good. There's just, there, I, I saw her in a few interviews that she did. She just she just gets, and it reminded me of something that you said too and something that I've um, heard from Amir. Not that you're the same guy, but there, yeah, are, there are some. We share some opinions. Yeah, there's some shared interests yeah. and yeah. some shared approaches to, yeah. and to some, comedy. And we learn, like I copy most of his ideas just and, and adopt them as my own personal beliefs. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> He's a big brother, you know, that's yeah. what they're there for. Why? When somebody's done all the thinking for you, <laughs> exactly. why not just adopt that? Um and something that I quite liked, she had this very kind of like artistic, not even political it seemed, objection to doing jokes about Trump. Mm. Like, you know, your Samantha Bee or your Colbert will do about Trump and then the Trump line is, gee, isn't Trump a, a fuckwit or mm. whatever, ba-doom, ba-doom, and everybody mm. laughs. Mm. And she felt that it wasn't good laughter and it wasn't mm. sincere laughter and she mm. wasn't being forced to do an actual mm. joke. Mm. Comedians like to torture themselves. So, if, <laughs> But, I mean... 
you can hear the difference between a real laugh and you can feel yeah, the audience try, connection. You know what? Like, so I, did, um, I did a show with Becky Lucas in um, Brunswick Heads a couple of nights ago. It was a trial show again. And um, she was like, oh, this is an audience of people where they need to hit, they need to know when the punchline is coming so that they can then laugh. And so when she told me that and then I went on and I had that in my mind the whole time. And sometimes I'd do a joke that I know wasn't funny but not funny yet. I hadn't figured it out. But if you just did it in the cadence of a joke, they just laugh. Oh, my God. Also, like when I used to do breakfast radio, I Mm. mean, we had a guy for a while who was a producer on commercial radio and Mm. he was like, so, Helen, what you got to do is when Mikey makes a joke, even if it's not funny, you've got to go, like I was going to fucking do that. I had another producer say to the the talent, um, every morning you've got to act like you're a little bit drunk and up for it. Yeah. That was their motto. Be a little bit tipsy and up for yeah. it. Yeah. I, I mean, I think a lot of the time that is to underestimate an audience. I mean, sometimes they'll do it politely because it's the expected part of the ritual. Yeah. But it's not a real laugh, is no, it? No, no. You know you haven't pleased anybody. No, nah, the Trump stuff I think is like a, it's a weird one because, you know. Because, yeah, you were saying to me the other mm. day, it's like for the things that I want to communicate often about, you know, ha the Imperial West and ha institutional racism and all those fun topics Good. that are hilarious, <laughs> which they actually fucking are in one sense, aren't yeah. they? No, in terms of being absurd and like, you know, it's just just kind of identifying the things that we say we hold ourselves to be, you know, underdog, blah, blah, all that sort of stuff. And then going, well, but look how much we're attached to these. Like it's just yeah. sort of highlighting hypocrisy. I mean, it is. That's what's funny. You know, and also... If you don't laugh, you'll cry and you'll never stop for eternity. But you said that sometimes that you felt that using Obama as an example of imperialism worked better than using that of Trump. Well, because it's like, you know, Trump, yeah, like because Obama's just like a smooth talking. Obama proves that it's not the person. It's like the system. And he's obviously, you know, he's dropped more bombs on, on people than Trump has and you know, he's gotten away with a lot. Yeah, he's a big fan of that. Yeah, he's just a lot of. He's lot of little, wasn't he worse than Pakistan. Bush in terms of like the numbers of people that he, or maybe the number of bombs? I think that he's. I, well, he was the drone president. Yeah, he's a drone and he president. was the surveillance president. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and, and, early and, on, you know, there's pictures of children in cages. Mm. You know, the the dream children from yeah. One of the popular ones was actually from 2014. Right. So the pictures that we were seeing of children in cages mm. were, I mean, mm. Obama funded and maintained the infrastructure that Bush had started for ICE. Mm. And, and he also, and you know, he he said he was going to close down Guantanamo before his first term. First 100 days he first was going to close days, you know? Guantanamo. And that is a prison, mm. 900 men, all Muslim. Mm. That, that it is a prison for Muslim men on stolen like, Cuban land. Yeah. It's awesome. Unbelievable. And it's just, you know, how clearly, and it's so crazy how super progressive uh, people that would describe themselves as really progressive in Australia just love Obama and love Clinton, Hillary Clinton, you know, just all that sort of. Well, they present sort of, the US as a beautiful place, right? Yeah. Well, it's, I don't understand like how people can. I just I thought that like, that. oh, only simple people fall for. But you know what? Okay, this is the this is the. I'm not saying I'm smarter, well, but the, yeah. when, when you when you grow up Muslim in the Muslim community, or even probably ethnic communities broadly, you kind of have a natural like when you. I've grown up going to you know people's houses for dinner, and the and the uncles and the aunties afterwards, all they talk about is the West and 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 Western who they politics. Today. Yeah, and who they bombed, and kind of how like everybody out there in Australia just don't get it, and this is what they're you know. So it's, yeah. so you sort of grow up naturally skeptical of 
of like Western power um, and imperial, all that sort of stuff. And so I think maybe it was it would be. Yeah, very- I mean, one thing I've noticed in actions that I've done with WikiLeaks and, and stuff, there is, if anything, an over-representation of, of Muslim people um, mm. who are supporting Assange because mm-hmm. of the revelations of Guantanamo yeah. and, um, you know, what happened in Iraq primarily, but, you know, a lot of those things. Yeah, and, 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 and you know, like, yeah, I wonder, yeah, it's... I was talking to someone the other day about, like, you know, whether whether Muslims should be as involved in other causes as we are in, say, stuff to do with foreign policy, like, you know, whether it was animal rights locally, blah, blah, blah. But they're like, but how can you when people that look like us are the targets of these other things, you know, like, so as opposed to, you know, we, we were just talking about the privilege of being able to march in climate rallies, et cetera. Uh, well, probably not so yeah. much now. Yeah, no, but, I've heard that discussion. It's like, yeah. well, yeah, you can go to a climate rally, but I can't, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And you use your white privilege in mm. particular to do it. But I mean, mm. yes, absolutely, mm. you know, protect your comrades and have that yeah. in place. Yeah. And I will say mm. that a lot of the climate movement people do not have that in place. Mm. I I find like they are very ruling class and they don't necessarily make room, but it, mm-hmm. hopefully it will happen. Yeah, I mean, I. It's, it's suddenly become such a huge thing in the last 12 months, I think, where it's just... Yeah, I'm totally with them. Yeah. Totally fucking with them. Yeah. But I find that anyway. Yeah. So back to the Trump thing. I yeah. think making jokes about Trump, like, lets ideas get off the hook. Yeah. Because it's not about Trump. People clearly, people voted for him. They, they voted for those ideas. Why do people vote? Like, I think it's just get behind the man, play the ball, not the man. I, you know, I just think there's... It's just it's just boring for me. That's just boring. Yeah. Obviously, it's easy to make fun of an idiot. Yeah. But like, what's it's it's hard to make funny what's in yourself. Yeah, I got very alt left on the Twitters today. Did yeah, yeah, I was ashamed of what'd myself. You, what'd you do? I was this very nice Australian thinker and writer, just you know, nicer man than Benjamin Law you would never meet. But he's retweeting all this shit from the Atlantic, the Atlantic magazine, which um, I'm sure you remember the words "the axis of evil" when you were placed <laughs> yeah, in them, yeah. Nazim. The axis of evil is a phrase um, mm. among many written by this guy David Frum, mm. right? Who writes his fucking shit? <laughs> he's fucking racist, imperialist, war hawk shit. He's interventionist, annihilationism, scorched earth, kill all majority Muslim nations. Sorry, I might be going no, overboard. That was awesome. Oh, my God. Uh, but, you know, he wrote, <laughs> he supported the war in Iraq. He wrote the speeches. He writes for this piece of shit every week, which I may have mentioned. But, you know, he was, you know, was postulating and by means of this particular Atlantic article that, um, uh, you know, that there will be no propaganda exercise um, as much as there will be for the one planned on Facebook for Trump's re-election. And I just think, no, mm. like the US has had one or two like stabs at like overwhelming propaganda, mm. particularly since World War Two on <laughs> yeah, August 1945 where they're the, still the only nation state to drop two bombs, atomic bombs on human populations mm. of a country that had surrendered. Mm. And I just think this whole Trump is the worst that it's mm. ever been mm. is so ahistorical. Mm. And, I mean, I understand the need to believe that if we just get a nicer guy in mm. that everything will be okay. Well, it's just kind of understanding America as an empire, like just, you know, understanding how many military bases they have around the world, kind of 
the, the yeah, kind of just if you understand the numbers of people that have been killed at the hands of America, the democracy, yeah. the cultural empire, you know, whatever, then I think people, I don't know, I just find it difficult is to. It the, is it the auntie and uncle talking after tea thing that you think makes it easier? Because for the, for the peoples who are, um, you know, really getting short shrift, really mm. getting, you know, mm. or, or having associations with somebody who's, who's getting, you know, the sharp end of the stick from mm. empire they're more able to see it in terms of a system rather than people being nice or not being nice, whereas mm, yeah. a white person might be more inclined and a well-to-do white mm. person mm. in particular might be more inclined to say, well, if I'm just not racist and I don't think racist thoughts yeah. and I don't do anything racist and I'm not mean on buses, mm-hmm. then racism will wither. Yeah. But say if you look at what um, Warriors Against the Aboriginal Resistance. Mm. Um, she means Warriors of the Aboriginal resistance. Are present as their issues for in Invasion Day. Mm. Um, that is, if you happen to be the ones of people uh, listening in a nation other than one that is called Australia, um, that is, um, here in Australia, we mm. celebrate the day, officially celebrate the day of invasion mm. of land that's still unceded. Mm. And so a lot of white people are all like, oh, we, we should change the date mm. to another day. And then, you know, a lot of Aboriginal thinkers and activists mm. are more like, well, mm. no, um, I'm, a pro- I'm a prison abolitionist mm. and it's the systems of, of, of incarceration, it's mm. the police state, it's the surveillance, mm. it's the theft of land, like mm. all these things mm. that are the basis on what on which the racism yes. repeats itself. Not yeah. that that kind of other racism that there is any excuse for. Yeah. It's kind of like you can't, yeah, like uh, the change the date thing is just, I feel like. Is but it, is, it, is it similar though? Like no, do you I think, think, I think it is just kind of, of, I, I, I can't get behind this change the date thing because I don't think that that's what Aboriginal people want. Well, I mean, because, it's not, it's not just, what warriors it's against like, the Aboriginal resistance want. Again, she means warriors of the Aboriginal resistance. Yeah, and, and I feel you but know. But it's more—it's more like change the system, burn it down. Yeah, and if, well, if you know, if you agree that sovereignty has never ceded, which is what a lot of people will chant, people who are white and liberal, and it, never, and it wasn't—it's you know? a fact. Yeah, but if but but then to change the date to celebrate, like to 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 chant, sovereignty has never ceded, and also change the those are two contradictory ideas yeah. because you are accepting. You know, the idea of Australia, like it's a weird. Yeah, but I'm just saying, especially as like um, somebody from a migrant family, mm-hmm. right? You're a little mm-hmm. tacker and you're brown and you're Muslim. Yes. Is it so? Is it is it just easier because you hear about big things more? It's easier because you, um, you will often have family members who, you know, like di- who have died at the hands of brutal regimes that also advertise themselves to large portions of the population as being like progressive and yeah. fair and just. So so I think people from migrant communities from war-torn countries, etc., they are able to identify propaganda or a broken system or an oppressive system or a you know a military regime. But actually see a they system. They can see it for what it is yeah. and they get they 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 the personality is, is pushed to the, like you can see through the personality and like the shininess of the institutions yeah. and you know how like everything is just is 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 I think all Institutions is like it's yeah, all made like out of paper. If, if your not, grandma and granddad yeah. so lived in KPK and yes. saw people slaughtered by drones, yeah. well, they might have. Yeah, they know, might have different ideas about like what it means. Because they see to, the machine and they experience the machine mm, as a machine. As a machine, and so it doesn't matter what you say about Obama, you're not going to change that person's mind at all when their family has been killed. Yeah, you know. Um, so or convince them that there is a meaningful difference mm. between Trump 
and Obama. Yeah. And I mean, uh, uh, right up until that reprehensible fucking extrajudicial murder of Soleimani in mm. Iraq, mm. you know, the man who's done more to, um, you know, quash ISIS than anybody, mm. <laughs> anybody else. He'd actually, you know, killed a few less people. Not saying he's a good guy. He's a clear <laughs> fuckwit. Just in terms of the mathematics of it, you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's killed five. But, but the argument right. often is, oh, well, there'll be less racism on the streets. And that's probably true. Mm. But No, it's just kind of like it's just kind of like this cosmetic benefit. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's really less like even just, you know, Obama's the first black president. Hillary Clinton will be the first woman president. You know, the, the greatest speech of all time in The Guardian recently about Gillard you know, she, but whilst at the same, like uh, her treatment of, oh, I mean, her list of things that are like incredible. That's Australian Prime Minister Julia Gillard, Julia Gillard. For her, who was on the left wing of her centre-left party and proved herself an enormous disappointment as mm. Prime Minister. Mm. Well, just her policies she, on asylum seekers. Yeah, like, she, she did a, a speech, I think, that you're, you're, you're talking about yeah. at the time that uh, Western liberal feminism started to really be popularised about how, the leader of the opposition was like saying sexist things to her and he absolutely was. Yeah, yeah. But she did this whole thing about how I'm just another lady in the typing pool getting shit at work like others. Well, a, you're actually the Prime Minister, mm. so STFU. <laughs> but another yeah. thing was we know what um, what Bill passed, you know, mm. her and um, Jenny Macklin, woman referred to as Genocide Jenny up in the Territory mm. for the work that she'd done to extend the, the intervention, intervention yeah. under Julia's um, auspices. Yes. Um, you know, they, so, so, they, so, they'd done that thing where single mo- single mothers or single parents had been, had had, had their welfare, uh, like, taken off them mm. at, on that same day. But. I mean, I've got to say, so, so I've got, got to admit, yeah. even I was like thinking, oh, that's a great speech. Oh, in terms of a speech, great speech. I have really strong ideas about Obama, but when you watch him speak, he, it's mesmerizing. I want to kiss him. I want to, I love him. I like want to, his, his, his yeah. skill, like the, I love him too. He's so, oh, it makes you, it fills you with hope. Like the I emotions know. that I feel. Hope so, change. Exactly. So, you know, personality is really effective. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's you know, like, yes, and I think Julie Gillespie is obviously important for conversations and for, the, you know, the progress of feminism, et cetera. But it's just how can people then love her entirely? And I see people who are like, who consider themselves Aboriginal activists, you know, they, they, they raise money for refugees at comedy gigs, but then they post photos of themselves with like Julia Gillard, the greatest leader with all this. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I've seen people like, you really? know, um, like dyke activist mates showing their picture with Penny Wong. Oh, no, from, I just, I and it's like, hey, that's the reason. Mm. That's the reason that the Labor Party still has a shit policy mm. on 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 Palestine. Mm. You know, this has been reported yeah. even in the Guardian. Yeah, yeah. So come the fuck also, on. I was, I, went, I was at a Writers Guild Awards night, and then ten. And to be honest, I'm, I'm 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 fairly naive, and I think it's because a lot of my, you know, like again, growing up with Muslims and brown people, when we talk about the Liberal Labor Party, like people just generally. Could see through, but you know, in terms of the policies. Yeah, that, we that come can, on. We live in a one-party state. Yeah. So I don't. So, so generally, and now I think probably I've, I'm hanging out with more white people than I ever have. But when I went to this writers' guild, well, this is the first time it blew my mind. Tanya Pulisic walked in, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, she's our Labour person." And the whole crowd just went, "What, Plibo? Oh, Woo!" I was like, "Isn't she a senior member of the Labour Party?" I don't that know. Like, it's just uh, the thing that distresses me is that we have our, you know, for so many people, the horizon of politics is. Uh, is winnowed down to 
the, the minor differences of vanity between mm. a centre-left and a centre-right party mm. who are, whose economic policies, whose security policies, whose policies on our Muslim comrades, whose policies, um, you know, that are inf- imposed on Indigenous peoples mm. who never ceded this territory are identical. Mm. Yeah, it's just kind of like those and are non... Like, they're just non-issues because they both just... Yeah, obviously we both agree on that. No one... Cares enough, and for we that say to be China is a dirty totalitarian state. Now I know you've got to go and but at see least, but, but at least China and other countries that you know they put that that's they are what they advertise. They are <laughs> like whereas but Australia you, likes to say we're so progressive and liberal and democratic. All these nice sounding words. At the time of recording, I want to, um, and I've never spoken to you about uh, to you about this before, but I have spoken to other um, people, and it's kind of like your, you know, it's it's a, a little bit to do with your age because somebody who is older than you and mm. a Muslim Australian would have been, or a Muslim living in the West, would have been quite shocked by what happened after 2001, whereas I guess you were too much of a little 9/11. guy. 9-11. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, too much of a little guy to, to know. Like, you know, before that it was just like normal everyday Australian racial hatreds. Yeah, well, I, I remember that because I was actually, so I was in year 11 at the time. Oh, so you weren't. I wasn't that young. And I remember like before that, being Muslim in Australia just meant that you were just another weird migrant group that did odd practices and stuff. Immediately after that, the community became like seen as a politically motivated group and our motivations were to take on the West and people were suspicious of it. So immediately, like I just remember my friendship circles completely changed and we had a lot of falling out with really good friends who I thought were good friends. Like, and it just became intense. A lot of yeah. people started taking off their hijabs. Guys started changing their names, shaving their beards. People were getting spat out on the street. And I feel like when ISIS kind of made a you know, hit the news, hit the charts, whatever, like five years ago, whatever, then it reminded me of that period of time again when people were like suddenly tired and, and there was this kind of hysteria, this uncertainty in the air. Like yesterday I was at a Muslim friend's house and – um you know, the conversation, like I just said, eventually gets to global politics. Yeah. And it also eventually more recently. Like, well, how, I mean, how can you not when, can, when, you, shift, when you shift around yeah. according to what the Western view is and, on and, and foreign the, policy? Oh, totally. And it always gets to like, so do you think, do you think internment camps will happen? Do you think we'll be interned? Like it's sort of like a – It's not out of the realm it's a weird of possibility, pa- it's just It's kind of the community – paranoia it's part of our personality but it's just it's, yeah and it's a wonder that yeah you know, it's like i mean this is not to say that it wasn't a form of racism that didn't exist for a very long time i mean you know mm. orientalism is a thing mm. um and the you know the, the the torture of that part of the world has been going on for quite some time the <laughs> british have been pretty adept at it yes and but it was it's still a surprise i think when it happens and mm. it just upsets me well, it don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to sound fucking woke as fuck no, no, because no. I'm Go not, on. right? Yep. Uh, but it, it amazes me to think how racism can recrudesce into this kind of like crisis of fireworks so mm-hmm. quickly. Mm. And, I mean, you can see it happening, right? And mm. you can see like the things that people were believing mm. when you were in year 11 that they mm. really felt that they'd come to independent conclusions mm. about. Mm. They're all written down in Sam Huntington's awful book, The Clash of oh, Civilizations yeah, yeah, yeah. in 1996. Mm. And sinophobia, right? Like I cannot, and I was wondering what you thought that it might like be like to be like a Chinese person mm. or person with Chinese heritage living or in some way Chinese identified living in Australia in the present. Yes. Where we have this kind of like, I mean, every day on the television, even the state broadcast, like I see this guy Jeremy standing in front of like this scary black 
backdrop of little spores of dirty <laughs> virus. And, you know, and he's doing the count and it's like, SARS Lotto, are we getting the body count up to SARS level yet? How many dirty Chinese people have died? You know, and this is what it says visually, but it's then he's saying, but coronavirus panic is also mm. an issue mm. after mm. having caused it. Mm. And it's this really, like it's totally yeah. racialized, yeah, isn't yeah. it? I, I feel like it is. De- like, you know, it's. For a virus that gives some people a case of the sniffles. Yeah, it's a, it's a virus that is, isn't it as treatable or, or, or more treatable than the flu? It's, it's, well, look, it's. In, in sorry, vulnerable groups. Vulnerable groups. It doesn't, um, it, 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 like any flu, it can be terrible, mm. but uh, it is highly contagious, yeah. but uh, it's not. Mm. Uh, it has a, a a low thus far low mortality mm-hmm. rate. Well, I feel like Paul, the, the fact that Pauline Hansen is treating this like Christmas. It just <laughs> you know, she's just. Have you gone to a Facebook page? It's just red everywhere. Red flag, the Chinese flags, and send them back now. And all this is like you know. She, but again, she's a conscious. She's like the outspoken conscious of racists in Australia. She she really is. She is like the white id. Yeah, if like you want to know untra- what, checked. yeah. She just says it. So it's like she helps you out because you're like, what are, what are racists thinking? I'll just go to a Facebook page. And she just, she tells you. Yeah. Um, so I. But it's just like. I roll, when when someone tells you who they are, of, I just want you to sort of like, do you think it can be, is it a real shock when suddenly you're the concentrated target mm-hmm. of, of, of racist, racial well, hatred? I, 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 I reckon Chinese people in Australia will be feeling like absolute shit right it's now. It's fucking awful, and man. I, it, the, the last time I felt like, and the, I felt the Muslim community felt like, I think I wonder whether this is how they feel right now, is when, and it's such a dumb thing, but when Sonia Kruger was talking about whether we should ban Muslims oh. coming to Australia, because, which is essentially, by extension, saying Muslims here, we've got enough of the problem here. But like, I just remember like feeling like we have done, since 9-11, like the kind of attitude, probably incorrect attitude, the community has been, or the Muslim community is that, if we are on our best behavior and we show non-Muslim Australia, white Australia, what we are, that Islam means peace, that we're a mm. contributing mm. community, blah, blah, blah. It's all a misunderstanding. They will start but to love us. But that's what you would fucking think, that's right? What, so, so we have, and a lot of people are like, that's such a naive thing, like racist But people, it's, it's what like, you would naturally think. It's like, I'll just explain to them. Yeah, they just don't know. Just they haven't explain. met Muslims. So we have had like, Literally countless open ne- mosques. Nearly, People are like nearly on 20 their years of saying some of us are nice. Yeah, so we're all nice. Like calling out terrorists all the time, like condemning this, condemning that, being like exemplary members of the community. Like, and, and don't think for a minute that Muslim clerics in Australia do not issue press release oh my after God. press release. Just check out the record. Like it's crazy. Like but, I mean virtually like saying, I mean it's 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 ludicrous, right? Where are the Muslim voices? Yeah, you You're know, not fucking reporting them. Like, you know, Waleed's out there. Like every, there's so much. Anyway, and then to just sort of hear just sort of so casually someone just debate whether – we should exist in this country and, and it kind of go unchecked and just like, uh, what the, like, it doesn't really matter yeah. what you do. It's and then congratulating a, themselves for being so brave to broach yeah, the Yeah, it's sort of like, good on you saying what we're all thinking. Like, <sighs> it just, it's just sort of, it makes you, it, in a way, I can understand how people become radical because they're like, they will not accept yeah. us. So why are we pandering or trying to please them when they will not take us for who we are? So you, so you kind of get when people are on the fringes anyway, it's very easy to. I felt like yeah. radical impulses within. I was never going to do anything ASIO, but it's to just be like, I what feel the hell is the point? Impulses all the time. No, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, if you're just like, if you're, I just yeah, feel it's, it's just, just broken. Like, I just want to kick somebody in the nuts. <laughs> I won't. Yeah, yeah. You and won't. I won't punch someone in the neck, <laughs> and I won't go and defecate on the lawns of Parliament House. <laughs> But I think about it frequently, you know. Really? And it's What's just, the punishment for that? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I 
Before you die, you got to do something like that. You need the law degree. I'll do that before I die. I'll do something like that. That's like, that'd be, that'd be fun. Uh, Yeah, when I get a little, just a little closer to death, I'll I'll do it. But it's like, I don't know, my, I was discussing with my psychiatrist, Uh um, this idea of emotional contagion. Cause you know, um, okay. So, and it's interesting to think about, um, in terms of the coronavirus itself, um, a, a contagion of infection. Mm-hmm. So an emotional contagion is like, so do you remember the story of all the girls who made a pack in Massachusetts to all have a baby, right? No. Okay. It was, it no. was like a really shitty telling movie, oh, okay. but super fun. Like all these teenage girls decided they were going to have a baby and there are actually, um, you know, suicide contagion is something oh, right. that's observed uh, in, in okay. different populations. Okay. Somebody has, and it's a real thing that you really must discuss in media, although nobody does. There mm-hmm. are these um, guidelines for safe reporting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. about suicide. Um, and similarly, there's supposed to be guidelines for safe reporting about terrorism, but no one does them. Um, really? So it's, it's, oh, it's, yeah, there's yeah. some serving suggestions, right, okay. Um, okay. you know, for the sake of people with, you know, vulnerable mental health yes. issues. Do not demonise a terrorist. Don't racialize a terrorist, right. you know stop saying terrorists, that uh-huh. kind of thing. Um, uh, the guidelines aren't as formalised, but anyway. So it's a real thing. And in, uh, you know, a small group of people, a small population who are connected to each other, mm. emotional contagion is actually something that psychiatry studies. At its smallest form, it's called folie à deux, which is crazy couple, like a crazy couple who has this kind of like cult-like understanding of the world, and, wow. you know. Um, and for me, you know, I just... I've been lately thinking about, particularly in the face of the um, of of the flu mm. in China, that I wonder what the disease outcome of like coronavirus racist panic is in mm. terms of claiming lives um, compared to the coronavirus itself. itself. Interesting. I think you know. But that's what you do, mate. You give us a, a, a face mask in the form of stand-up <laughs> oh, comedy shut up. against racism. <laughs> Nazim Hussain has got to go, uh, go, yeah, gotta go, go to say mom's. hey to his mum and got to go and write a comedy show. Ah. April? Is it April this uh, year? Well, I'm touring Adelaide from the end of Feb. So depending, so can oh, you edit shit. this shit by then? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no. I'm not going to edit it. I'll just put it up on the internet. Oh, God, here we go. Okay, off you pop. See ya. Say hello to mum. You've been listening to Knackers and the Vatch.